the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ken Sukuri Ministries. Scripture tells us in Psalm 34, 18, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit, and who tremble at my word, says Isaiah 66.2. We find beauty in brokenness when we choose to sit close with Him and trust that He is listening. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, our words of healing, in Psalm 147.3. Brokenness is a blessing because it puts us on the road to a breakthrough. Brokenness to Beauty with Brittany Francis, founder of Kensukuri Ministries, starts now. Welcome to the program. This is Brokenness to Beauty with Brittany Francis. I'm Suzanne. The show today is called Old Rubble. So today we're going to talk to Brittany about old rubble and what that means. And I think to understand that, we probably need to understand Kensukuri. What does that mean? So Brittany, glad you're here Explain to us, what is Kinsakori? So Kinsakori came from an idea that I didn't even know existed. A few years back when I went to a women's conference, I had zero desire, zero desire to ever do anything but serve the Lord and maybe move to Africa or something like that and be a missionary. I knew that the Lord had called me into the ministry when I was six years old, but I ran away for a really long time. And during that period of time, obviously, I had a lot of broken pieces that had happened in my life, both because of other people and because of myself. So when I went to a women's conference, I remember the Lord tugging at my heart, telling me, you said that you would answer when I was calling. So as I was standing in the back in praise and worship, I was watching these women with their hands raised high, and you could see so many of them weeping and so many of them giving a holy exchange of what had gone on in their lives, obviously, in the past year or in their entire lifetime, just giving it to the Lord. And as I was watching, I remember going, man, that is pretty neat to watch. Watching these women just praise the Lord, and you can tell that they are broken. There are pieces. Well, as I was watching them, I heard the Lord say, there they are. That's the ministry that I have called you to. Aren't they beautiful? And I was looking, he said, those are my daughter's. Those are my girls. Those are my princesses. And I'm going to do so much through women across this land and across the world. And now it's for such a time as this. And I remember going, gosh, that is the last thing I want to do. Mm -hmm. Us as women, you know, we sit there and we go, oh, you know, it's a lot easier to hang out with a man. (laughs) I hear that a lot from women because there's, you know, it's kind of like we hold ourselves accountable to each other. Yes, And sometimes to ourselves, but more often to each other. And we judge each other so much. We do. We do. We forget that all of us have a broken past or a broken Mm -hmm. something that we can actually exchange with each other. And I think that's that's one of the main pieces that when the Lord really put the women on my heart, he said, every single woman has a story. And within that story Mm -hmm. is an incredible testimony. And Brittany, it's time for those testimonies to be exchanged. And, you know, it says in Revelations, it talks about 
by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, they are going to overcome the enemy. And I think that a lot of us know about Jesus and about all that he has done and that he died for us on the cross. But the one piece that I think that we've forgotten about is the testimony. And so many times we think that the testimony is how broken we were and we focus on that and we forget that the most important part of the testimony is the exchange, the exchange of what God did after our brokenness. And so I went to church the next week after the Lord had shown me those women And as I was doing praise and worship, I got a vision of a woman standing on a potter's wheel. And as she was standing on the potter's wheel, the wheel was turning chaotically. It seemed to be chaotic. And there were broken shards and broken pieces of pottery all around her. But the potter's hand was so intricately working around her and building this pot around this woman to protect this woman. And as he put these broken pieces together, he was putting them together and pouring a piece of gold over each of the cracks. And the more broken, the more shards that were required to put this pottery together around this woman, the more priceless the pottery was. Because of the gold. Right. There was so much gold required. And so I stood up, I gave it to my pastor and said, oh, you need to go give that to the, <laughs> give that to the body. So as I told them that afterwards, a woman walked up to me and she said, do you know what you said? I said, I have no idea. And she said, that was Kinzigoy pottery. And I said, I really still have no idea. And she said, that's, that's a pottery in Japan. And they purposely break the pottery. And then they, they put it back together with gold. And the more gold that is required, the more priceless that pottery is. And it's also stronger, isn't it? And the stronger it is. Yeah. It's incredible to me. And so when I started praying about it that night, I fell asleep. And the Lord told me in the middle of the night, I woke up and I heard him say, there's another name. And after I looked up Kinsagoy, I couldn't figure it out. So I called the same girl who happened to be from Japan. And it was so incredible because she called me back and she said, I didn't think that there was another name, but there is. It's Kinsagori. And I said, okay. And she said, just look it up. And it means broken to beautiful. It's broken journey turned to gold. Wow. And it's so that's, incredible. That's how you named the show. That is exactly how we named the show, how we named our ministry. And with that, it's now I need to start looking at, Lord, what do you have in every single woman across the world? What pieces, what broken pieces can they give in holy exchange to another woman Mm -hmm. and pass their testimony of what they've been through and do a holy exchange where the next woman can say, okay, I can identify with some of these broken pieces. And if God can do that for her, he can most certainly do something through me. I think that's wonderful. You know, the way we are as women, we are raised to serve, but we're raised to serve the men in our life, the parents, the children, and often we're not taught to serve each other. Right. And sometimes our female friendships go by the wayside. We sacrifice them so that we can do the serving in the other areas. And so that creates sometimes some misunderstandings. And we don't see what that woman has been through. We don't, we just don't see it. And we, right. when we see it, we're strengthened by it. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that's, it always comes back to the word, right? Mm-hmm. And in Genesis, it talks about how the woman is always going to want to have a heart over her man. And that actually does not mean anything of what our English translation is saying. If you look at the original Hebrew, it's actually saying that the woman wants to have control. 
And I think that that is part of the curse that happened from the very beginning of time. Women wanted to have control. And when we feel like there is a a control type of manipulation that we can do so that we can ensure that nobody that we really love, including ourselves, mm-hmm. gets hurt, well, we really walk in the sin that was created from the very beginning of time. And so I think with that, we also have to help each other understand that we're not the ones that are in control. God is. God's in control. So true. And I think so many times, so many times us as women, we forget that the woman standing next to us probably has something that we can learn from because we see them as somebody that a contender many mm-hmm. times a contender in beauty a contender in in brains you know and and oh they have something better and they probably have never been through anything so many times we forget that god purposely put somebody next to us even at the grocery store mm-hmm. that has something that he wants us to learn from and in modern life we really put forth a picture of perfection you look at the social media feeds as a really good example. How many times do you go on social media and you see your friends and they just look like they're having such a wonderful life? They've had a vacation or they're, you know, the kids just look perfect. There's no anything running down their faces and, and their noses are clean and they're perfectly dressed and the husband looks really handsome and everybody looks in love and we don't see the behind the scenes. And so then we foster the sin of jealousy mm. and we start coveting. Yes. And we become bitter with ourselves. And sometimes we, well, more often we take it out on ourselves. Well, and I was the most guilty for that. Mm, and I that's think where I think the Lord yeah. really has worked on my heart. Mm. Right. I was that one that I have four kids at home and I mm-hmm. have a husband and, you know, we're on our way to, to get our family pictures. And my God, to get to that point was hell. Oh, you mean just to get from the house to the picture place? 100%. Mm-hmm. But it, by God, if you don't smile, I swear to you, you're going to be in so much Step on your smile. toe. <laughs> you know, there's so many times that I think we don't want to be honest. Mm-hmm. And God has really put that on my heart. The honesty, the honesty of what we've been through, the honesty with the Lord and with others is so vitally important. There's such a horrible connotation so much, especially in the American church, right, that Christians are perfect. Mm -hmm. There is no brokenness. We are just perfect people. And social media is absolutely one of the number one things that I think can be a gift for the kingdom, but also tears apart the kingdom the most. Social media portrays perfection in Christianity. And so when we do get into a church or we do meet another Christian and then we see the truth behind what they really portray, we think, well, all Christians must be like this. Mm -hmm. And why would I want to be a Christian? Mm -hmm. We forget that there's a difference between religion and, and relationship. Yeah, there's a huge difference. And then you look at also our culture. So, you know, you mentioned you have a husband, I have a husband, we both work. Mm -hmm. And there's a thing in American business that every year is going to be better than the next. And we're going to make more money and we're going to make more profit and we're going to do more, produce more. And then when we don't, we beat ourselves up for it because all of those projections, they really are arbitrary. Somebody just says, well, let's strive for that point. And then it becomes a rule, a rule of law, so to speak. And and we have to achieve that. And so we go through life in America. We're very prosperous and we're very blessed, but we really try to put forth that we're running it. 100%. God's not running it. We're running it. 
Yes. And that's such a good point. You know, we forget that everything that we're going through, the Bible is timeless. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times we look at each other and we say, well, the Bible's not for now, you know, Mm -hmm. or it's not for this culture. It's not for this time. And we may not say that or verbalize it, but what we don't realize is that our actions are absolutely saying it and verbalizing it. You know, there's an old saying, actions speak louder than words. Yes. But in America, a lot of times words have more power over people. Yes, they do. And our our issues, our brokenness is going to look so much different than the rest of the world, right? We are in yeah. an international ministry. Mm-hmm. And so we see so many people who are broken in a different way than America. And we say, oh, my gosh, we're going through such persecution. No, buck up. Yeah. We have freedom and we Mm -hmm. have the time and and we have the ability to stand up for what's right and do it from a loving manner, but a firm manner because we have freedom and to whom much is given, much is expected. And I think that truth is one of the things that we have the ability to give. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to China and you give some truth. You might die. Yeah. But not in America. You actually give truth about what reality is in your life. There's a lot of people that can grow from that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that are allowed to experience it with you through the different platforms that we have to share that. Right, right. So that's a good thing. But I do understand that really the goal of your ministry is to come behind or come alongside women. So you're really surrounding them with a lot of support and the ability to extract the truth and to do some good in the world and to deepen their walk. So how does that work? How do you find a ministry that needs help? And how do you connect with the women that need to be able to to share and move forward? So women, when we were created, when God created us, he actually said a word when he, he said that he was going to give a woman to man. And it was actually the word comforter in Hebrew. Mm. And it's actually the same word that David uses in Psalm, when he's asking for the Lord's help, it's really interesting because if you really think about that, women were created to be the comforter, the nurturer. Men may be the physical piece of the um, the head, but I don't like the term head and neck. But if the man can make the physical whole, right, if you can picture a building and a man kicking down physically the door, a woman can then go through the door because she couldn't kick it in herself mm-hmm. and do the pieces that she was created to do. She can be the comforter. However, if a man kicks down the door and a woman walks in and everything is portrayed as perfect. How could she do her work? How can she do her work? And so I think that that's one of the pieces, right? Is that we really need to look through the Holy Spirit's eyes of Mm -hmm. what is going on in somebody's life. So we call ourselves brokers for the broken. So what we do is if somebody comes to us and they say we need help with understanding our worth, then we can connect them to like Serenity Retreat Center ministries that will help them find their worth. If there's a woman that was a prostitute and she doesn't know what to do, we can connect her to the right ministries. Our job is not to recreate the wheel. Our job is to wrap our arms around every single women's ministry across the world, which sounds like a large task, and it is, it is, but to bring them together as the big C church. So if I'm a woman and I'm suffering and I know I'm going through brokenness, I can come to your ministry and then you can connect me with other women who can help me. Absolutely. Wow. That Absolutely. Is, but it's still huge. Just the scope of that is just, wow, it's really big. It is. You know, in Isaiah 58, 14 through 19, that's 
the scripture verses that we have placed Kinsakori um, on, right? Because mm-hmm. we needed to push it, put it on God's word. So it says, if you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones, and you'll be a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use old rubble of your past lives to build anew. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, making the community livable again. And I think that that is so important. If Mm -hmm. we want, according to God's word, if we want to make the community livable again, the world livable again, then what we need to do is we need to rebuild with the old rubble of past lives. And we need to help women identify what is that old rubble? What stones are the old rubble that we can build one upon another and we can put together a wall around God's church? What what can we do to make this community livable again? And there are so many pieces to go with that. Part of my old rubble was my past life before I met my husband, before I had my children. And a lot of that had to do with the hurt from, from church. A lot had to do with hurt with my family. And am I going to sit in a victim mentality or am I going to sit down with the Lord and ask him what part of my past life is rubble that I can use to build on? Yes. I love that. And you know, it's great that you're doing it that way because sometimes, especially if you're new to the faith. So if you're listening and you're new to the faith, this is for you. You hear a Christian saying something like, I was broken. And then the Lord led me to whatever it is that they were led to. And then right. they then they stopped talking. And you're sitting there scratching your head saying, well, what happened in between? How do I get from the rubble to whatever is meant for me? Right. Whatever, and, right. and you're actually helping people pick up the rubble, put it over here, attach it to this, go over here, get some more rubble, stick it yeah. on there, and actually take the step-by-step right. that is necessary to right. rebuild. That is awesome. It's a holy exchange. Yes. And I think that a lot of the rubble that we have to to use is something that we build an altar with, right? Mm. And the altar that we build, we have to be willing to put ourselves on top of, you know, like the Isaac, Isaac and Abraham story, mm. right? Some of that rubble we need to use to build an altar and say, okay, God, I'm dying to myself. I'm dying to all the ideas of what I wanted out of this life because either somebody else has hurt me or I've hurt myself and I'm going to have to be willing Lord for you to take all this, every single bit of me and exchange it for good. Do that holy exchange. And the first piece of that is honesty. Yes. And then once you're honest, you can see what happened with you and then you can see when it's happening to somebody else Yes, and then you can help them because you can identify with what they're going through with no judgment. Absolutely. With a heart of Mm -hmm. understanding. You know, Jesus is our best friend. And what we need to realize is that he wants to walk through this life hand in hand with us, not from a state of any other place, but love. And if we really do love the Lord, 
We need to be willing to do the same thing every single morning. Die to the idea of what life should be, even in other people's lives, and meet them in a place of love. Say, okay, God, this person's very difficult. (laughs) Very difficult. (laughs) What is it that you want me to see, that you want me to pull out of this person that from a non-judgmental spirit, or stance mm-hmm. can help other people. I mean, there's just so many things. And, and if we're honest about our own sins, I mean, the real sins, not mm-hmm. just, you know, I committed adultery. I, I stole. No, no, no. I'm talking about manipulation, right. control. Those are some very serious things that can keep us from ever wanting to be honest with ourselves mm-hmm. and with each other. And with that, how are we ever going to help anybody else? And we don't even want to be honest about our own mess. Right. If your honesty is just another manipulation, if you're using that to control other right. people, yeah, that's not really a godly way of helping people, is it? No. And God looks at our heart. Mm-hmm. He looks at our motive. You know, mm-hmm. I read a book recently, The Awe of God and Killing Kryptonite, both of them by John Bevere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was really interesting when I read those books. The one thing that really stood out to me is, yes, God knows our heart. Other people can usually see our heart. Right. Somebody can look at me and go, oh, she has a great art. They don't know my motive. And a lot of times I don't know my motive. Yeah. I have to ask the Lord, is this because I'm a people pleaser or is it because I'm a God pleaser? Mm. I really our hearts are going to the motives behind our hearts are going to be judged. It says that in the Bible. And that's a very dangerous thing, a very dangerous and uncomfortable thing to make sure that as we get in the ministry, as we walk and talk and we breathe ministry, because it doesn't matter what any of us do in life. I don't care if you're a businesswoman. I don't care what you are, man, woman, if you work at a radio station all the way to if you are somebody that works in a school, God looks at our hearts and our motives. That's right. Why are you doing it? Is it because you are desperate for control or is it because you want to change the kingdom? You know, you want to be a part of the change and you want to be a part of turning this world, lassoing heaven and bringing it down to earth. Which piece do you want to do and why? You know, so I think that that's a very, that's a hard thing to do. It's been a hard thing to do for me over the last two years is to really say, okay, behind every truth, why do I want to do it? What is my motive behind it? And I think a lot of people on this program are going to be such a beautiful piece of when they bring their testimony that they're going to be able to show and say to people, look, my motive was originally this. My motive was to get fit. And then God said, okay, well, let's take that fit you know, one of the, the ministries, let's take that fit and let's turn it into something that actually honors me. That's when she talks about that. One of my one of my friends, when she speaks about it, it's really interesting because it made me go, well, what was my motive to even start a ministry? Mm. Was it for my own glory? Was it for your own glory or was it for his? That's right. Yeah, that's really, really hard. And what you're talking about is very deep and it does. It takes a lot of courage to look at yourself that way. And to really examine what are my motives? Why am I doing this? Right. What am I getting out of this? A lot of times it's painful. Yeah. (laughs) I really think, oh man, that is unbelievable. You know, we're coming up to the end of the show. We've got just a little bit less than two minutes. So if you were going to wrap up this episode and share with everybody, what is old rubble and what can they do between now and next week's show to start examining that, what would it be? 
I would say having a really calm, private conversation with the Lord, asking the Lord to reveal what is the old rubble of my life? Yeah, sure. I can talk about my mess of my old life, but really, Lord, what are the rubble pieces that I can give to you in a holy exchange and that through the tumbling and through all of these difficult pieces, what can I do that you can turn them into pearls? Because pearls are not made easily, right? And the pearls, the old rubble being turned into pearls, we need to start protecting our pearls. The rubble becomes a testimony and those testimonies are pearls. You know, I mean, we will talk about casting our pearls in the next one, but what has given me a pearl? What can become a pearl? And pearls come under pressure, don't they? They sure do. Yeah. They sure do. So, and pressure a lot of times has to come from you and the Lord because you're saying, okay, God, give me some honesty here Mm -hmm. and tell me what pieces in my heart and what motives in my heart can be turned to pure pearls once they're exchanged with you. Wow. Well, that is some food for thought. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Brokenness to Beauty with Brittany Francis. Join us every Thursday evening at 5.30 p.m. To hear this program again, go to kkht.com and click on the podcast. For more information, visit kintsukoriministries.com, K-I-N-T-S-U-K-U-R-O-I. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.